Hi guys, it's Rachel. I'm not here this week. I'm on vacation drinking some coffee by a beautiful pool, but I've left you in very capable hands and I will be back later with a personal story. Hey, Glace. Hi, Brian. So tell me, how was your week? Well, you know that feeling when Airbnb wants to do a documentary on you? (laughs) I don't. Because you're an Airbnb host and you're amazing. Okay. And then they string you along for weeks and weeks and weeks. And they don't want to give you anything. And then they don't end up wanting to use you because you're too demanding and high maintenance. That's terrible. I know. um, You know, that's why they're not known as documentary filmmakers. They are no Netflix. Exactly. No, they're not making a fire festival. Well, thank you. Documentary. That is terrible. That's the kind of thing we are going to break down this week. This is This Week in Nope. The podcast where we shut it down. My name is No. My sign is No. My number is No. You need to let it go. You need to let it go. Need to let it go. Okay, boy, do we have a special week for you. This is the very first time. This is episode 75. Rachel and I have done the show remotely, transatlantically, but we've never done is said, you know something? Rachel just said, you know, I'm out with the family on a vacation. There's kids running around. I got in-laws. I just can't cope with doing a remote show. Why don't we find a guest co-host or hostess? And we said, there is nobody in the world that we trust. And then we said, wait a minute, there might be just one person who has been on our live show, who has been a guest on our show. And we said that one person is entertainer, comedian, Glaze Chase. Welcome, Glaze. Oh, my God. Thank you so much for having me, Brian. It's a real honor to uh, step into Rachel's esteemed shoes. Normally, I would be a little nervous having any co-host other than Rachel, but I am so excited. I am not at all nervous. I'm totally at ease. Uh, I mean, you know I love this podcast, and honestly, and I love Rachel, too, so I'm actually really stoked to be here. She's going to be our toughest critic. She's going to be listening in Tucson, Arizona. That is terrifying for me because she's incredibly witty and well-informed and I don't read the news. Okay, before we jump right in, I just want to remind people that we have a live show in San Francisco, not just here in my living room. We were actually, do you believe this? We were invited to another city on another coast, San Francisco. The show is May 9th. Um, And the tickets are free. There are still just a few left, which we say optimistically. We hope that the room is full. Um, And uh, we'd love for you to come join us. If you are interested, please email thisweekinnope at gmail.com. Tweet at me, Brian Hecht. Just tweet into the world. Tag us, and we will somehow get you an invitation. We would love to see you. Okay, you ready to go? I'm ready. Okay. I want to talk about Elizabeth Warren. Oh, God. One of the 500 Democratic candidates. You would think she's in the top tier, I'd say, Mm -hmm. but she's struggling a little bit. She Mm -hmm. is not like, you know, number one or two. That's kind of Joe Biden. And yeah, so she's not really at the top of the pack the way she ought to be. No. Right. So when I mention Elizabeth Warren, where, what do you think of? What issues do you think she champions? Oh, God. Well, she, I mean, I liked her because of the whole finance loany thing. That yep. seemed kind of cool. Yep, she's good on that. Yeah, but otherwise, I just feel she's lost a lot of steam and I've lost interest. Yeah, she's uh, she's far to the left economically. Yes. Right? And uh, some people like that, but we worry as to whether that's going to get the rest of the country on board to be able to actually vote for her. Same with Bernie Sanders. Well, so what happens when you are trailing in the polls? You have to do something to get people attention. Absolutely. Right. So what did Elizabeth Warren do this week? Uh, she, she she went to this tried and true. This is what every candidate does when she they're She didn't trailing. post naked, did she? No. No dick pics for Elizabeth 
with Lauren. Um, she uh, went back to that old that old saw. She decided to start recapping Game of Thrones. No. Yes, I swear. No. On the New York Magazine blog called In the Cut, she actually did a recap and commentary on episode two, season eight of Game no. of Thrones. Yes. Um, now... Uh, it should not be surprising that her favorite character is uh, Daenerys Stormborn, Stormborn yeah, Mother of Dragons, yeah. oh, God, blah, blah, blah. last of her name or mm-hmm. whatever she is, right? Uh, of nephew, course, uh, nephew of yes, no, nephew, nephew of Jon Snow. That's right. Yeah. Um, now, of course, she likes her because she's going to want strong women, as do we all. Mm-hmm. And she also says that it's a question of economic justice because she freed. She this is a quote. She freed the enslaved people of Marine and uh, creates an army that fights because they want to, not because they have to. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was like, although weird, a little bit cool that she was writing this from a like a almost Marxian perspective. Mm-hmm. Right, okay. But then it just veered off into weird territory. And like it made me realize like, okay, this is Elizabeth Warren I am trusting with my Game of Thrones recap. So by the very end, it had spun off into this insane combination of like ideology and recap cliches. This was their final paragraph I'm going to read to you Mm -hmm. about this. She goes, very dramatic. She goes, so this is it, season eight. Winter is here. The wall is crushed and only five episodes remain. Picture Elizabeth Warren saying this. With all these powerful women preparing for battle, will the mighty bank silence, mighty bank, oh, it's all about the banks, Mm. mighty bank silence the army of the people? Will the army of the dead heading straight for Winterfell make all this talk about breaking wheels irrelevant? We've got five episodes to find out if the people can truly break their chains, destroy the wheel, and wise up together and win. I don't care about breaking the wheel. <laughs> I care about the Night King and dead people of rising. Course, of course, and you meant we were talking about this before. You care about something else in this world. Oh, I do. Um, uh, I care about Aya finally getting laid. Aria. 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 Right. right. Now, when I saw that, I was freaked out because we we met her when she was like eight or 12 or something. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, my God, this is not appropriate for even HBO. But then you realize she's probably like 40 by now. Well, no, she's she's <laughs> twenty In real life, she's 20. Okay, Maisie Williams. Maisie right. Williams and the character. Character they think is about 16, 17. Look, and I'm with you, Brian. I was a little, I was like, oh God, they're going there. But then I had this overwhelming feeling of like, you get it, girl. You absolutely get it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, can, I can sympathize with parents who like see their kids growing up. They remember, they always think of them like they're eight or 10 or 12. And then suddenly, just a few years later, they're teenagers and they're shagging. Right. Right. Oh, no, to be fair, it was their last day on Earth or on Westeros. I know. Right? Of course you're going to get laid. The other thing is, though, I would definitely have picked... Pod oh, over. I mean, really? I <laughs> okay, mean, who this is, so we're just geeking out on Game of Thrones now. But we are entitled to because we are normal humans. You know who we are not? We are not Elizabeth Warren. We are not running for and president. Do you, and do you want to know something else about Elizabeth Warren? She's a plagiarist. Oh, really? Yes, because Julia Gillard, the ex prime minister of Australia, yep. actually a couple of years ago was doing recaps of Game of Thrones. Oh, I know. And Joe Biden was a plagiarist in the presidential election of 1988, <laughs> where most of our listeners were not born, but that was one of his claims to fame. Nice. So it's a, lo- a long line of plagiarists running for, and compared to what we're running against, though, I will happily forgive the plagiarist. 
militarism. Still, Elizabeth Warren, stay in your lane. You have plenty to say. Let people vote you up or down based on your political principles. I do not want to hear your commentary on Daenerys Stormborn, Mother of Dragons, mm-hmm. last Breaking of her the name, wheel. God of the old gods and the new. No. Nope. Shut it down. Please. No. Okay. <laughs> um, you know what I've been following very carefully is the Federal Reserve. Oh, you poor thing. Most people do not follow the Federal Reserve. I do. So he, uh, he, of course, who shall not be named, was going to nominate Herman Cain. Remember this guy? He ran for president like eight years ago against Mitt Romney, and he lost. I've locked it out. Right. He had like the 999 tax program. Anyway, even the Republicans in Senate said he was unfit to serve, and they withdrew his nomination. But he was only the second worst person that Trump is going to nominate to the Federal Reserve Board. The first worst is this guy named Stephen Moore. Oh. Let me tell not a household name, but let me tell you about him. The first thing you need to know about Stephen Moore being on the Federal Reserve is that he hates the Federal Reserve and, quote, has no idea what he's talking about when it comes to fiscal or monetary policy, which you would think would be, I don't know, sort of a light pre not like on the resume, like a bonus Helpful. knows about fiscal pro- policy. Helpful. I'd like the, the Fed board to know about monetary policy. In fact, his opinions are so ridiculous and ill-informed that he was banned from the pages of a Kansas City newspaper for being so consistently wrong about everything. You can't even get published in a Kansas City newspaper. You know you got to be pretty wrong. And Kansas City are pretty much wrong about everything, aren't they? (laughs) I mean, I've never been before. It's okay. He's wrong and they're wrong. Maybe he's right. Okay. So the company he owns owes $75,000 to the IRS. And his uh, most famous comment is that he said, capitalism is a lot more important than democracy. That, however, is a shining example of virtue compared to what I am about to tell you that he has said. This was reported um, from K-Files via The Hive from Vanity Fair, who does great material on this. Here are his opinions about women's sports. Oh, God. Because what we really need from the Federal Reserve is opinions about women's sports. He believes that female athletes who are demanding pay equality were asking for, quote, equal pay for inferior work. He argued that the gender gap is legitimate because women are, quote, easily manipulated. No. He further argued that the NCAA should adopt a, quote, no woman rule. No more women refs, no more women announcers, no women beer vendors, no women anything. And the only way they should be permitted to participate is if they look like Bonnie Bernstein, who I guess is some hot sports... Who the hell is Bonnie Bernstein? What a (laughs) random... Show yourself, Bonnie Bernstein. (laughs) She's our finest 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 living beer vendor. (laughs) I don't know who she is. She's apparently some hot sportscaster. And then finally, he said that allowing women to referee men, as a referee, to referee men's NCAA games is, quote, an obscenity. There is no area in life where men can take a vacation from women... He's like, there's no safe spaces. Well, thank God for that. Quite frankly, <laughs> thank God. Men always need to be around women. Well, exactly. We all came from one. This guy is a complete cretin. He is a Neanderthal. I can't, I can't understand how this person even exists in the orbit of humanity. I mean, I just have one thing to say to you, Brian. Yes, and that's called President Trump. Yeah, I know. I was trying not to say his name. Mm, but- I was- Sorry, I did it. Uh, no, I think uh, I think he would agree with this, except if it was about Ivanka. Uh, oh yes, she's uh, a goddess. Oh God, what a <laughs> goddess she is! In fact, someone even said one of the opponents of Stephen Moore said, "I think Ivanka would be better equipped to be on the 
on the Fed. That's than, not saying than anything. No, she was going to run the World Bank at one point. Oh, of course. Or Jared was <laughs> like, well, and Jared's done so well at being, bringing uh, peace to the Middle East. Oh, that's coming still. As soon as oh. Ramadan is over, they oh. are going to be unleashing his plan and all millennia old, millennium old things will just fall into place at the heels of Jared Kushner. Ugh. Guess what? What? Nope. No. Shut this down. Please, thank God. No. You know, Glace, one thing I always admire about you is how fashionable you are. Oh, thank you, Brian. Like, I couldn't believe when you walked in here, like, heads were turning on White Street in Tribeca. Well, I... I couldn't believe I was lucky enough to have you coming into my apartment. Thank you. Barely showered, having not made up. Thank you, Brian, <laughs> for that uh, flattery. Um, but there's news in the fashion world this there week. There is. And there's... I'm going to turn this over to you. Uh, yeah, there's, there's big news. Now, um, uh, uh, Tom Ford. Oh, I love him. You know what I love? I love his colognes. I have spent an untold fortune on his colognes. Oh, well, that is, that's coming up. Don't you worry. <laughs> so Tom Ford had this huge profile uh, done by Maureen Dowd, oh. who, yeah, is what... what sort I, of a mixed record of Maureen Dowd. Yeah. Had her time. I, maybe overstayed her welcome. Yeah. I mean, I thought she was a respectable journalist until I read this horrific article. Okay. And I thought I liked Tom Ford until I read this horrific... <laughs> Article. I mean, I'd seen photos. I thought he was very handsome. And yeah. I was like, I'm in a like, way, mm. in a way. Well, I mean, kind of my type, you know, rich and well, rich. rich. Uh, <laughs> but Maureen wrote this most ridiculous. I have never read as much purple prose in my so life. So she was waxing poetic about Tom Ford. Oh, like in the worst possible way. I've got some little quotes from this article. Please unleash them. Oh, God. Uh, so, like, uh, this is, a, she's like setting up two dozen and glowing amber votive candles, which, you know. And then uh, 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 Rita Wilson is a friend of his. Get this. And he, he says he's not afraid to say that you need to cut three inches off your hair or lose weight. This is Okay, her... so he's just dispensing this wisdom to people unsolicited. Exactly, because okay. he's an a-hole. Okay. <laughs> you can say asshole on this oh, podcast. Well, he's an asshole. <laughs> he sounds like type A, like, anally retentive prick. Wait, so did he say this to Rita Wilson or to Maureen Dowd? Well, Rita Wilson said it about him. So, like, Maureen Dowd has gone and gotten all these, like, quotes from all his, like, famous friends, like Diane von Furstenberg and, and uh, Chick uh, Anna Wintour and whatnot. And they're all just, like, waxing lyrical and nobody is actually saying what needs to be said which is tom ford you are an insufferable prick <laughs> okay do you have any more evidence I do. Of this? I do. Um, you have really just made a very broad claim about one of our finest living fashion designers uh, and i've not heard sufficient evidence to indict him on this i brought receipts don't <laughs> okay. you worry the cut of the sleeve has to be just right says tom ford if you want your biceps to look right Oh, this is for men's fashion. Yeah. I'm glad uh, someone's talking about men's fashion, at least. Well, I mean, ugh, no, get this. This, okay. is, this is one of my favorites. He person, personally shaved a G in a model's pubic hair oh. for an ad, adding definition with an eyebrow Wait, pencil. he d shaved a G? Like the letter G? Yes. Those are neither of his initials. He was working for like Gucci. Gucci. Oh, okay. At the time. <laughs> okay, okay. He was, but like he, sh he filled it in with an eyebrow pencil. And also, why are we being told this? Uh, I don't know. Wait, I, but I have much more fundamental question here. If he's shaving the 
pubic hair, mm. which presumably is dark, mm. I'm guessing, and then filling it in with an eyebrow pencil. Mm. How do you tell where the G is? Well, no, is it like a te- textural differentiation? It's someone that, you know, has to like draw on my own eyebrows. I think he was doing it around oh, okay. the G. Oh, I see. Like a shadow, like an outline yeah. on Microsoft Word. I don't know why this is newsworthy, though. <laughs> Look, I'm glad this is being covered in the mainstream media. Uh, well, no, there's more. There's more. The ta- He's apparently a big opponent of overhead lighting. So he actually got his restaurant, his favorite restaurant, the Tower Bar. Uh, he's got a corner table. And they actually got an electrician in to install a light switch so that when Tom Ford comes, he can flick off the switch. This is at Sunset Tower. Yeah. Okay. Because he was like, he was. He said, I refuse to go there unless they get rid of... You cannot be around on flattering lighting. <laughs> You, know, you, Don't you who hosts karaoke in a dark, dry, dag, You've dive bar. You've seen my makeup. I never touch it up. It looks fantastic. Thank all you. All the time. But, okay, like the, uh, let me keep going with this article. Um, uh, and he's wearing Beau de Jour, uh, one of Tom Ford's fragrances, a scent meant to evoke the allure of Cary Grant's neck. Oh, God. <laughs> like, what the hell? <laughs> And then Maureen tells him. Throwing out all my Tom Ford scents that cost like thousands of dollars. I know. Like, what are like, like Cary Grant's neck? And then Maureen's telling him that, um, like, like Tom Ford reminds her of a favorite cult, sexy vampires. And then someone. It's a cult? It's a cult. Okay. I didn't know there was a cult called sexy vampires. And Tom Ford's like, oh my God. Yes, I really relate to vampires because they wear dark and they're so sexy. Oh God. And then his friend is like, oh, Tom smells too good to be a vampire. Oh my God. And at this point, Where I did wanted. This, person, this person like spring from the uh, from a volcano? Like, I thought I liked him. I thought I liked He's him. He's an insaniac. Too. He is an insaniac. Even, okay, the worst thing though is Maureen Dowd at the end, get this. She apparently. Apparently, so she uh, looks, um, uh, 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 she wore, get, get this, she wore Tom Ford to this interview. Okay. And then she. As you should. No. <laughs> you, should wear you? Gap. you should wear Gap or Banana Whoa. Republic to this interview. You don't wear like a $10,000, you know, item to the person you're interviewing. I'm sure she borrowed it, but okay, yeah. But get this. So she then sees in like page six that Priyanka Chopra wore it too. And that's when she realizes that she'd been wearing it backwards <laughs> the entire time. Wait. So she went to interview Tom Ford, wearing a Tom Ford, but she wore it backwards. Yes. Not as an act of defiance, just because she couldn't figure out which way it went. And Tom Ford didn't say nothing. Oh, my God. No, no. Just shut this down. Tom Ford. I hate you, Tom Ford. Go back in your hole. Yes. Just go spritz yourself with your... Go be a vegan. Carry Grant's neck. No. A-hole. No. No, no. Shut it down. Okay, Glace. Do you, you're a well-known uh, comedian, entertainer. Do you have a website? Oh, well, uh, yes, glacechase.com. Oh, good. Okay. So it's very hard to get the right website nowadays. Like I work with a lot of entrepreneurs and they're always like, I'm going to get the website, the URL, and mm-hmm. they can't get it. And they're on whatever, GoDaddy, and it's like $10,000 and they can't get it. They're so valuable now that people are being driven to desperate measures to get the URL that they want. I'm about to tell you a story of a gentleman, young gentleman, age 26. His name is Rossi Lothario Adams II. Mm. He is from Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Um, and he is about to spend 20 years in prison for a botched attempt 
to get a URL for his website, State Snaps, which is videos of people in rude behavior, drunkenness, and nudity. Oh. He wanted to get the URL doitforstate.com. And he first attempted, so he tried to register it. Yeah. You've, you've done this. You've tried this. You look for a URL and it's taken, and you find another one and it's still taken, of right? Of course. So in 2015, he tried to find this URL and it wasn't available. He contacted the person. The person refused to sell it. So in 2017, after two years of trying to buy this URL, he lost his patience and he hired his cousin, a guy named Sherman Hopkins Jr., who was a convicted felon to break into the domain owner's home and to somehow coerce him into selling his domain. I love this story. <laughs> into Rossi Lothario Adams II uh-huh. to him. What could possibly go <laughs> You know, just to steal a domain, it's worth breaking enter. Okay, so on the appointed night, on mm-hmm. the appointed night, um, Sherman Hopkins waited outside the home wearing pantyhose on his head, sunglasses, and a hat. He had a stolen gun, a taser, and most importantly, on a piece of paper, directions for how to transfer a domain on GoDaddy.com. <laughs> Here, I'm just going to tase you, and while you're twitching, please type. <laughs> this is classic, like, law and order. Yeah. Rich for the headlines. Um, wow. Okay, I, when I saw that, I, I thought this was just your run-of-the-mill mugging someone, a home invasion in order to get someone to change a URL. No, this was a full-on GoDaddy heist. So the guy broke in. He had him at gunpoint. He actually, this is not funny, he pistol-whipped him. He ordered him to transfer the domain. Mm. Somehow, the victim, the guy who owned this, got shot in the leg, and somehow the perpetrator, Hopkins, German Hopkins, got shot in the chest. Oh, but he was still convicted just after just one hour of jury deliberations, and both him and his cousin who hired him were sentenced to 20 years in jail. Ugh, all for a domain name? All for a domain name. Couldn't you have changed it from, like, doitforstate.org or right. .co or dot, dot, what is it, like, dot .nude? Dot, yeah, dot, <laughs> dot, porn dot porn or whatever. That's yeah. a regular thing. No. So, I mean, this is this is depravity on so many different levels. Don't break and enter gonna, for domain. If you're going to break and enter, do it for a good reason. And, like, if you're going to have, like, some props, some things, have, a, like, like an andiron with you. Yes. Or have some sort of, like, clever candlestick in the, in the library or something. Don't bring the, the transfer directions for GoDaddy.com. And also, too, it's so traceable. What the it's hell are so you thinking? so traceable, right. What, whose login are they going to use? Like, whose IP address are going to know exactly what it was? Oh, God. Oh, we're just going to this address, which is the new IP, uh, like the new address owner. Very like, hard oh. to track. Oh, Very yes. no, 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 just shut this down. Keep your own domain game. Find another one. Go to, like, whatever, state. Gag me. Stupid <laughs> criminals. <not> stupid criminals. <laughs> shut it down. No, no, shut it down, please. No. Okay, we have a very special dispatch coming to you through the time-space continuum. I'm now going to turn you over to a state-of-the-art voicemail nope. Voicemail? Voice memo? Voice memo nope from Arizona from Rachel. R- Rachel, take it away. All right, here's my nope. 
Um, you know that thing where you're sitting there minding your own business on the subway or doing work in a coffee shop and suddenly, boom, someone airdrops you a dick pic? Um, well, that happened to me this week, but uh, I was the sender, not the recipient. And it wasn't a dick pic. It was the Mueller report. Um, yes, I, I airdropped the Mueller report to a stranger, and uh, I'm going to explain how this happened. So it was Thursday, and the Mueller report had just been released, and I was really excited. Um, and I read the first 10 pages on my iPhone X, and the screen is really too small to read a 450-page document, so I figured I'd airdrop it or I'd, I'd email it to my Kindle and I could just read it like a normal book, except uh, more terrifying because it's really happening. Uh, so I, I got the PDF and um, I was sitting in the lobby of the Ace Hotel and I pressed that little share button in the in the browser and the share screen pops up and I was just going to tap the little envelope icon to send my Kindle an email of the PDF and then you'd open the PDF in your Kindle and you could read it theoretically. But then all these little circles start populating when you're in a public space now where you could, you know, airdrop things to nearby computers or phones. And I accidentally, my finger while it was traveling to the envelope, tapped a random circle and, uh, I realized it and my the hairs on the you know back of my wrist stood up. I realized I just airdropped the Mueller report to a to a stranger. Um and it was horrifying. I wanted to drop into a hole and I uh looked across from me and there was a guy looking around and um it was him. I knew it. I couldn't I and he knew it was me. I couldn't con conceal my poker face. So what did I do? I texted Brian. I was like, Brian, I don't know what to do. I just um airdropped the Mueller report to a stranger in a hotel and uh he his first reaction of course is was he hot? And I was like, Brian, like why is that even relevant? And then I realized that it is the most relevant thing because in fact he was extremely attractive and I think he thought I was like trying to seduce him by sending the Mueller report like kind of like, "Hey, want to like go collude and obstruct?" And it was just super creepy and so I left, but um, the coda to this story is that I eventually did send the Mueller report to my Kindle, and when I opened it, it was very unsatisfying because the font was so small, and there's no way to adjust the size of a font of a PDF in a Kindle, which really sucks. So I went on Amazon to see if they had created a Kindle-friendly version of the report that I could buy or download, and it turns out that there is for $1.99. You can buy it, and so I bought it. But unfortunately, it's not even available until April 29th. You have to pre-order it, which is ridiculous. And so I was complaining about this on Twitter and somebody responded, but you can get it on the Nook. And so I Googled it. I was like, the Nook? Is that even a thing? There's like five people with the Nook. So I Google it. And yes, in fact, Barnes & Noble was giving away a Nook version of the Mueller report for free. So I say nope to Amazon. You're you're allowing yourself to be out-competed in the market by Barnes & Noble and the Nook? This is disgraceful. And also give us a way to adjust the font size in PDFs on a Kindle. It's bullshit. 
And and most of all, nope to me for airdropping the Mueller report to a stranger in a hotel. That is really creepy. And I'm sorry to that very good-looking man who I sent it to. And this concludes my nope. Bye. Jesus Christ, that was one hell of a story. I mean, like, you would think there would be more security. Like, when you're about to airdrop your Mueller report to a hot guy in the lobby of the ATO, there should be at least a little confirm button. Like, do you really want to send it to so-and-so? I mean, I think it's quite sexy, though, the Mueller report. It's a very hot situation, Rachel. If you weren't married, like, this would be, like, this could be a love story. Yeah, like a way to start wedding. You know, I was reading something else, actually, about, uh, I wasn't planning on talking about this, but about um, security like this. It turns out that, you know how it's a big problem that people for their passwords, they do like one, two, three, four, five, Mm. or A, B, C, D, E, F. It turns out that the number one hackable password, most commonly used password, other than those idiotic ones, is Blink 182. (laughs) (laughs) Really? Yes, Yes, the like post-punk band from the 90s. Yeah. Right. Favorite of Byron Byron Die, right. And big karaoke favorite. All the small things, right? Exactly. So uh, the reason why is that it has capital letter blink. It has a hyphen in it between blink and 182 and has three digits in it. And it's eight characters. So if you've ever been sitting there trying to make make a, a password and it's like, this is not strong enough or this doesn't have a number in it. Blink-182 is the answer to your problems. This is a tip for, like, a pro tip for everybody at home. (laughs) Don't do Blink-182. Don't sum 41. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's much better yeah that's better do vertical horizon no do blink 182 macy play macy's play is that what it's called uh, macy Sexing. gray no or? macy's play they did like sex and candy oh. all those 90s okay right alanis marcetti Alanis do any of those just don't blink 182 thank you rachel but still no 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 one of the things we love covering on this podcast are crazy memes. Like we have, like it is unfathomable. Ten years ago, what passes for culture? It's just these memes. And last week we talked about the uh, wearing your croissant to your prom meme, croissant corsages, which came from an autocorrect fail. <laughs> Do you remember this? I, I, no, you didn't even listen last week, did you? No. So okay, I won't even recap it. Go back and listen to last week. So um, this is a story about a home invasion. Yeah. Another home invasion? Another home invasion. I've never spoken about a home invasion ever in my life, and here I am talking about it you twice. You are obsessed with home invasion. five minutes. Okay. This is about a home invasion, and this is this is... So not funny, but it becomes funny. Trust me. So um, a daughter is in a home invasion, and she texts her mother uh-huh. saying, I'm in some home invasion. And the mother texts back, I'm baby, call 911. Uh-huh. And I'm baby was some sort of autocorrect. But we don't know what she was trying to type with, like, I'm baby. Uh-huh. What do you think it would be? Like, I'm... Sorry? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're in a home invasion. Call 911. I'm, I'm like, busy. I oh, I'm busy. It's probably <laughs> I'm busy. Call 911. That's the that's the parenting of the year award. I'm busy. Call I'm baby. Call 911. And this, of course, spread. It was posted on Instagram. And like most memes, like the three people, like the guy looking at the girl walking thing, and like you can paste mm-hmm. anything on it and it makes sense, but it doesn't make sense. Like mo- it means everything and nothing. So now everyone on social media is saying I'm baby in response to everything 
Except for babies who are saying, I'm not baby. Yeah. Okay, so here are some examples. They're not going to translate well over a podcast, but I'm going to say them nonetheless. So these are like actual quotes because some, you know, you'll recognize the format. So it'll be like, interviewer, colon. So tell me about yourself. Me, colon, I'm baby. This is creepy. Okay. Me explaining to my boyfriend why I, why he can't scold me, colon. I'm baby. Ew. <laughs> when I say that stress is bad for the baby, I don't mean to say that I'm pregnant. I'm baby. No. <laughs> I can't with Bruce this. Springsteen. Baby, we were born to run. I'm, I'm baby. baby. <laughs> I can't. I can't. <laughs> Nobody okay. puts baby in the corner. corner. I'm, I'm baby. baby. <laughs> no, but that's even too contextual because it means that baby is actually like a, a, a character, a, a character in, the, mm. in the sentence. Like mm. they're they're an antecedent of a of a pronoun in some way. Brian, I'm a bit of a fan of role play, but this is too much. You're not baby? No. No, not, I'm baby. Not I'm like, totally baby. Oh, you're totally baby? Yeah, Rachel, you're out there in the ether. Are you baby? Oh, I think you're baby. No. We're all baby. We're oh. all We're all Spartacus. Oh, we're no. We're all baby. No, <laughs> it's so gross. I see that meme and I'm like, I feel really dirty inside. Oh, okay. Well, just go Google. I'm sure we'll link to it in the show notes. I am baby. Can I shut this down? Can I say nope? It would be my pleasure to no, have you shut no, it down. No, please, shut it down. Shut it's it down. Gross. Okay. Uh, Glace, what do you got? Oh my God, this, <laughs> well, speaking of dirty and kinky, okay. but maybe in the hot way, I don't know, we'll let you decide. So a little bit of a love affair has occurred, um, and it's between a woman, She's uh, she was a sophomore at Princeton, and she took this class uh, with the chair of the English department. Oh, that's hard to get into, usually you get like a teaching fellow or something, but the chair, okay. The chair, yeah, yeah, he's very, very smart, and like she loved it, and then she became the valedictorian and then she uh princeton that's uh, no small thing exactly no it's it's a big big deal and she was you know talked about this teacher as being amazing and so stimulating etc then she went away to uh the university of oxford for a couple of years she's like a Rhodes scholar yes right exactly and then she got obsessed with him oh and she started having amorous thoughts oh who among us has not had amorous thoughts about a teacher? Our, the chairman of the English department. <laughs> what I ask you, though, was that person 46 years your senior? Oh, my God. I Okay. So I admit that that is a bit of a May-December romance. However, if by May-December, I mean May next July of the year after, right? Yeah. But why should we shame the age difference? Love is love. Well, love is love, but then there's also, like, ridiculous. Yes, and, and also, you could argue that you have so much wisdom that you're that age, and she is, like, I guess she's a grown woman, of course, but, like, you know, like, you can't rent a car until you're 25? Mm. You shouldn't be able to date a 70-year-old before you're 25. Well, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I you mean, don't know like, what you're doing. You can't rent a car. A 15, a 20, your age gap i get that that's, 46 yeah years? that's a lot that's a she is 25 26 he's 71 72 and she just came out with this big post on facebook get this this is so dirty something then sprouted from a seed oh no no no, no. i don't want any sprouting seeds in her. i know i like just laughed no. and laughed and no. laughed. um but i mean to be to her credit she is very smart and she did something i mean like she she's played it very smart because uh let's face it he's probably not long for this world well, he might have 
20, 30 years in him, depending. Well, maybe. But if she's. Maybe not. Maybe not. <laughs> maybe like, one maybe, to two years. Maybe because she's done her research right. Yes. Maybe she did 23 and Me. Well, you know, and this is what I do. I do my research. If she's done her research right, she's going to find out that uh, he's got a health condition, no living relatives, and no debts and significant wealth. Yes. Yeah. That's the only reason. Okay. And, I, and, I don't want. Okay. And no prenup. Do not sign the prenup, lady. <laughs> Never sign that prenup. Just like they said in Gold Digger. <laughs> exactly. Learn from my mistakes. People never sign the prenup. <laughs> okay. So, but she's in love. Are they getting married? What's they the... are. They're getting married. Oh, I'm finding it hard. So I'm going to defer to you as my well, nope co-hostess here. Okay. I'm having trouble getting on the outrage train on this. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, maybe you're right. Maybe I didn't follow the technical rules, but rules are made <laughs> There's to no be rules. Broken. I know. This is a disaster. Well, this is a fucking amateur hour disaster I, podcast. I don't want to slut shame her, but I do want to say 46 years. Like, he better have here's that goddamn health Here's a little. Condition. Here's a little compromise. How about this? Give it a couple of years before you commit your life to someone who's that much older than you. Let's make sure that's what you really want. And for him, honestly, let's make sure that what you really want. Let's have sort of parity on both sides of the story. Right. Right? And I hope and let's hope that he's got a decent Viagra prescription. That's right, because regrets you've had a few. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I you guess, speak from life experience. Did you know what? Actually, this is where my nope is. I like read this and I just got angry with the way my life panned out. So who am I to speak to that? You get to do it. Exactly. No. Okay, shut it down. Wow, this has been a bizarre and epic journey we've had through Nope. Thank you. Uh, I'm so glad that Rachel was part of this, even remotely. I feel like she was hovering above us in some sort of ethereal state. I know. But now it has come to the part of the podcast that people like the most. Are you ready for this? These are the yups. Oh, thank God for this, yeah. These are the things that, you know, this whole podcast, it's ironic, this whole podcast is about terrible things, and yet what people do, this is the only reason they listen to, you know, there's like little analytics on like Apple Podcasts and they see that people on average listen to like 90% of the podcast before they like shut it down. Hey, that's a good... And I think the only reason that's the case is that they stick around to hear the ups. Then yeah. they hear what they are and they're so disappointed and they turn off. Okay. Well, we need something <laughs> Okay, so here's my, here's my up for this week. This is... Uh, I know I do some Broadway shows sometimes and it's a little bit unpractical because we have listeners around the world, but my new uh, Broadway show that I just saw this week is called Hades Town. Oh, and I it, know the director of that. Oh, oh my God. Mm. So I'm out of my league here. Well, Look at this. So... I mean, it's fantastic. So it's the story of Orpheus and Eurydice. Is that who it is? Yeah. I can't forget the name. Right. There's all kinds of Greek, all kinds of Greek people <laughs> and gods and demigods yeah. and demigorgons. And um and so it's that story and it's about the underworld, but usually People say like, oh, it's a modern retelling and it's done with social media, but that's not it at all. It's done in kind of like Old New Orleans blues, jazz, gospel, mm. and it is super sexy and super insightful, and I just absolutely loved it. So if you are in New York or nearby, please go see Hades Town. If you are not, I'm sure there will be a road touring show coming to you soon. If not, a few years after that, it will be done in your local high school. So please go see it there. That is my yup. Uh, Glace, what is your yup? Oh, my God. I would. I never thought I would actually say this. And okay. this is going to be very like controversial for the listeners. Not, it couldn't be worse so than like, the Princeton one. 
Uh, I don't know, actually. If anybody has like dealt with the scourge of online dating, oh, this is going to be me, but I'm sure a lot have. pretty controversial. My yip for this week is OkCupid. Okay OkCupid. Okay I, I thought know. that was dead. Oh, I mean, isn't so, that like eHarmony? Like, it's. I mean, I. It for, it's for Christians. No, oh, well, eHarmony is okay. yes, or J dates for you know. I've been on them all, quite right. frankly, and had <laughs> zero luck on any of them. Okay. I mean, if you're a little bit gender kind of you know diverse, say like trans feminine as I am, it's it's a rough world okay. out there. Yep. And I am totally late on this story. It happened two years ago, but I was depressed and like could not. That leave. never stopped us on this podcast. <laughs> we talk about things that we're like still talking about the like moon landing here. Yeah, so okay, <laughs> it doesn't well, matter. <laughs> anyway, like I, I heard and I joined again, and they've got all these updated gender um, things. And so now I could actually tick. Like, I didn't have to be man or woman. I could, like, they've got, like, 10 or 15 gender options. Like, I could be trans feminine and then... And then even better is I can actually select who I'm interested in oh. and who is interested in me. So it's very – just like the world of like micro-targeting in marketing, why should you have to like put yourself out there to people who are eventually going to not want what you have to offer? Well, it's incredibly and, intimidating and as a trans And vice versa. Person. Why should you have to go talk to someone who isn't into what you're looking for? You know, and no trans people I know want to like – anyone or and so like that was why tinder and everything was so stressful and anyway so suddenly i got to like specify all of this stuff i have been inundated <laughs> like i mean inundated with interest or with action uh, no with well i mean forgive me to, <laughs> forgive me to ask on air I mean, here i know let's just say like they, all these likes come through i've not been able to keep up we're in like we're definitely over 500 i think we're pushing you're, a thousand. you're beyond you're over capacity I mean, there's like, a wait list i i cannot deal with the demand i mean i'm trying <laughs> okay, i'm trying okay so that is my yep thank you okay, thank you for your yep Glace Thank you so much for being here. What a treat. I hope, will you co-host with me again? I would love to, Brian. This is the best. This is fantastic. And Rachel, it's not like we ever want you to go away, but you know, if you do, now I know how I'm going to manage it. I I miss you, Rachel. We all miss you. Thank you so much for listening. Please let us know if you want to come to the uh, San Francisco live show. We'd love to see you there. This has been a terrible week, but it's been a really fun podcast. Uh, Thank you for listening. This has been This Week in Nope. The podcast where we shut it down. Why not?